Hi, Karen. It's wonderful to see you. I'm so happy that we are back together again after a couple of weeks off. Katie, I'm so grateful we got the band back together. It is so good to see you. I was going to look at the calendar to see if today is anything. Is today anything? Today is January 30th, I think. Oh, AKA how the fuck did we get here? January the 30, what the hell are you talking about? And also less than two months away from the third year of COVID, right? Going into the fourth, the third year anniversary. I literally just got nauseous. I I just really shit. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking that today too, but I don't, something about hearing you say it just made it very real for me right now. I'm so sorry to incite any nausea in anyone. And so like, if you, I really apologize. I mean, it's really all right. Oh, it's it's not your fault. I mean, it's COVID's fault. It's like, you know, I was reading the New York times the other day and they were talking about how March 13th, 2020 is like this day that everyone will always remember. So March 12th is Tyler's birthday. And so it's so easy to remember obviously because like on his birthday you know everything was it was weird it was real weird but then it was 24 hours later it was like it was apocalyptic as we all know yeah it was a horror movie it was a horror movie indescribable yeah I haven't yeah I have a friend whose whose birthday is March 13th that had literally never occurred to me and just until right now oh yeah yeah it's tough it's tough. It's like, I, re- I remember when I was, this is a random side note, but like, I remember when I was, ser- I was a server in college and it was, I was serving this woman and I was like, oh, hey, happy birthday. And she's like, don't say that. And I was like, what, what's wrong? And she was like, my birthday is horrible. I can't believe it's my birthday. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, d- did you want like a slice of cake or did you want, like, we have free dessert. And she was like, I just don't want anyone to know. And I was like, why would you act like that? And she's like, don't you know what day it is? September 11th. And it was, oh. it was like, it was maybe at that point, probably 2004 ish. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's just the worst birthday to have. And I was like, all right. I can't really argue with that. And so like, that's yeah. just, I mean, I don't think that level is like the September 12th or 13th level, but like people who have a September 11th birthday, bummer. Yeah. No, I mean, and before that, my sister's birthday is September 12th. Hi Val. Oh, hi Val. I know. Um, Before that it was April 19th. Yes. Which was Columbine and Waco. Yes. And I only remember that because I had a coworker whose birthday is April 19th. And after the second one happened, we, we worked together at a newspaper. There was, we ran a headline that said like April 19th is a day that something, something, something about it being not a day that will live in infamy, but how it was a terrible day. And he had it taped to his like little desk pod thing. Oh, yeah. that's a rough day. I feel like April 19th. I do remember those things. Like if yeah. you live through those, you remember them. And then April 20th, which happy birthday, mom. That's my mom's birthday. Oh, but also Hitler's birthday. Uh, yeah. That is bummer. Also no, ginger Buddha's birthday. Is it? Oh, hi, Tori. Yes. Happy birthday. We need to yes. just rebrand April 20th. Wonderful people are born on that day. Exactly. 420. Yes, exactly. 420. Right. Exactly. So yeah, we keep going with this. I'm like, oh yeah, December 7th is D-Day. Well, not D-Day, but like the <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Anyway, moving on. Um, yes. Don't know how we got here, Karen, per usual. Um, But I'm so glad we are here. And 
let's see. Uh, yeah. So in the past two weeks, um, I had some friends visit. That was fun. I massively overextended my vocal cords and I know we were talking about this before we hit record, but I strained them. I, I want to say one of them. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think you only have two. I don't really know. I haven't identified <laughs> which vocal cord. I think it's the one on the right. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I feel okay right now. Um, I'm not talking as much as I usually do, which is frankly, probably a good thing not to say that I talk too much. I'm not trying to like bash myself, but I do think that I'm taking too many meetings. I'll just say that. That's mm. yeah. I'm a little too busy with work. So I am cutting back on that. And this weekend I'm flying solo and we all know how wonderful that is. I love it. And so Tyler's going to visit his family in South Carolina. And he was like, I just think I want to go on my own. And I was like, I'm so glad. That's great. <laughs> And so, and I really do love him. And I probably don't talk about how much I love him on this pod, but as much as I talk about how much I like it when he's not here, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. And here's the thing. So I was talking to friends the other day and I was like, I was thinking that I should do this, this and this with friends. And they're like, you just strained a vocal cord. They're like, if you needed anything more literal to tell you from the universe that you should do jack shit and just relax in your house. The, there is nothing more literal. And so they're right. And I'm going to just hang out by myself with Lou. Oh, I love it. I love this for you so much because I know how much you love it. I am very sorry about the vocal cord. Thank you. It just, it sucks so bad. And as you were talking about it, I got this flash from Pitch Perfect. Have you seen Pitch Perfect? I have seen part of it. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. Oh, one of the characters has nodes. Mm. She's like, I, I have nodes. Oh, she really? Yes, I have to oh. be careful. I'm limited now because I have nodes. She's like, it's yes, very somber moment. But that's what I thought of when you were talking and I hope you don't have nodes. And I'm glad that you were resting. And I agree that this is like the universe is like, sit down and shut up. It, like it really literally is. is. Yeah, it literally is. Yeah. So I'm going to try to rein myself in and mm. not do anything. So yes, do you have any fun plans for the weekend? It's beautiful. So- I, if the weather holds and a bunch of other things fall into place, I'm going to go to my friend's fancy dress party, <gasps> Ooh, which is where the fanciest thing in your closet party, which I am so excited about, even though I have no idea what's in my closet right now, Katie. No okay. idea. This is the best theme ever. When do you genius? ever have permission to wear the fanciest thing in your closet party oh i need to copy this this is this is yes. brilliant oh my god T please tell me everything what are you thinking oh my gosh so our mutual friend claire actually did this for her birthday as well oh, fun yes so these boys i think i guess they have it they've had it every year they had it every year in the before times i didn't go to it before but yes it's i mean they had they sent these like beautiful invitations in the mail what i know and they wear like tuxes and they're bartenders and like yes. staff. Yeah. I'm like, I know it's a fancy dress party. And I also love it because I feel like so rebellious, my magazine, when we first launched, oh my God, it was 10 years ago now, we did a bridesmaids bash. Oh my God. Brilliant. And the tagline was the bride always said you'd wear the dress again. <laughs> and it was like, wear your ugly bridesmaids dresses. And I feel like that I've gotten rid of them and it wasn't that ugly, but it wasn't something I would ever wear again. And it was like, that's what it reminds me of. Like, 
you have this thing hanging in your closet that you have, that was like probably for a very specific purpose. Yes. And now what do you do with it? I think it's so smart. Also your bridesmaids out idea is so smart. Like if I still had my bridesmaids dresses, I definitely would wear them again. Like I remember as I got older, the bridesmaids dresses got real expensive. Like oh, yeah. seriously. Like I think one time I spent $400 on a bridesmaids dress. I'm not even kidding. It wasn't an option, Karen. Like it was a black what? tie wedding at the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. It was <laughs> so expensive. No, sorry. The Mark Hopkins, as if it matters. But anyway, the point is, is that it was so, I, I, I didn't have an, like, I, I didn't have an option. And it, yeah, I could get I would go down a real rabbit hole with bridesmaids <laughs> shit. Because the thing is, is that like I I've actually been in weddings where I thought I should say no. I should Ooh. say no. I know, and I never did. <sighs> but I've heard yeah. of people saying no. I mean, I think it's completely like reasonable to say no when you're a 27-year-old asked to spend two thousand dollars anyway. But also I'm totally. I'm I'm really hypocritical about this because I got married when I was 28 and I had everybody fly to Miami for my wedding. So I have no leg to stand on. Zero. But people came and it was a party too. You're I mean, the dress is not a party. I would four hundred dollars to fly to Miami to see you get married. Yes. Four hundred dollars for a mermaid sweetheart neck <laughs> bedazzled whatever. No. No. It doesn't even look good in the picture. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You're right. I totally <laughs> agree. It's so bad. But also the fancy dress party. I love that idea. And I love that your friends are going all out with a staff. I know. Oh yeah. No, it's really, these are the boys with the bidet. That's all you need to know. Uh, mm -hmm. That tracks. Yeah. Oh, not, not the bidet, the bidets plural. Every oh, there, bathroom. Are, there are multiple bidets. Yes. There are how many? Four? Four or five toilets in their apartment. Oh, wow. And they all have bidets, yes. That many toilets. Oh, yes. my gosh. I mean, that's like a really impressive number of toilets. It might only be four. It might be five, though. Yeah. No. Wow. Okay, so I have this dream of having, like, a guitar player just, like, serenade in the corner while, pe while people are, like, having cocktails at my house. And this <gasps> totally goes with this theme. Okay, so then... This also makes me think of last weekend, I took Tyler to a new wine bar in Bend and there was this guy that I'm not even kidding. If I was closing my eyes, it would have been Bob Dylan. I was like, Ooh. this is like really like kind of almost creepily like Bob Dylan. Not, not, he wasn't an impersonator. It was just what his voice sounded like. Like, And I was like, wow. And I went up to him. I'm like, do you ever do dinner parties? And he looked at me like I was had three heads and he was like, I guess. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, can I get your information? Like, I mean, you're really talented like this. And he was like, yeah, yeah. So I got his number. His name's Mark. And so maybe I'll get Mark to uh, serenade my fancy dress party. I'm really inspired, Karen. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. And I know musicians who do do house parties. Like they do. Really? Yeah. House gigs. That's a thing. At least Ooh. in Chicago it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. I need to try this. That sounds <gasps> amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to hear what you wear. I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> report back please yeah i have no idea that's so exciting i just love that you're gonna there's gonna be a staff no oh. past hors d'oeuvres right like oh my god who has that at their house but i mean that sounds incredible okay so since this is a mini pod so oh i have a segue yes please okay so i know you talked about last weekend and my weekend slash last two weeks inspired 
today's conversation. Yes. Topic. Uh, because I won't get into too many details, but I had some unpleasant interactions with the medical industrial complex mm. that made me realize the importance of speaking up and advocating for yourself in situations where you might ordinarily feel intimidated or feel like, who am I to stand up for myself? Like, it's so important that you push past that discomfort and speak up. Yes. Thank you for bringing up this topic. It's like, this is vital. I mean, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. I'm actually surprised that we haven't talked about this previously. And like, this is just so incredibly important. And so how are you feeling about this now that you did speak up, that the people you were with spoke up? I mean, I'm feeling, of course, unhappy because we're dealing with a medical issue, but also very validated. It's very validating to, for instance, push someone to run a test that they don't want to run. Yep. Like, nope, we think you should run this test. Oh, it takes a long time. These things sometimes resolve themselves on and on and on about why they're not going to do it. They get overridden. The test is run, discovers an issue that we need to deal with. Like what would have happened had we not pushed? And so, yes, I'm feeling validated. And I'm also feeling like I'm going to remember that the next time I second guess myself about saying something. Yes. Yes. That like, it's your intuition or it's the intuition of the person who is experiencing whatever issue it is. It's like, that is the authority. The other person is not the authority, even though it seems like the tables are always turned. Like it's intimidating. Like it, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but it's very intimidating when you're talking to someone of authority. If it's a doctor, if it's a boss, if it's a whoever, it's like, it's hard sometimes to advocate for yourself. I think that sometimes we forget that we can advocate for ourselves. That's exactly right. Yes. I feel like it's a, it's not a fight, flight or freeze, but it's similar to it. It's totally this, like, there's this decision point that happens. Like you are saying something to me that affects me that I don't like, how am I going to react to it? Yes. And I also was thinking about you, Katie, and we don't have to get too much into it, but I feel like in your job situation, you really advocated for yourself. Very. Did I? You did. You did. In terms of money. Oh yeah, I did. In terms of hours, in terms of what you were going to do and what you weren't like, I feel like you were very persistent. Like yeah. I was like super impressed that you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> it's exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I will. That's true. I mean, I, I will say that, like, when it comes to money, like, I'm kind of ruthless when it comes to that kind of stuff, which I think, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, I'm tooting my own horn or anything, because frankly, because of that, I've lost out on a lot of jobs. And it's like, but then there are some jobs where they're like, oh, yeah, we'll pay you that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's good. Okay, great. Because that, that I, I'm, I'm sticking my heels in and they're like, yeah, well, we're gonna do it. And I'm like, Great, because I'm used to I'm used to rejections, you know, like so. <laughs> yeah, we still need to have a money episode, big time oh, money I series. Know. The money series, we definitely need the money series. But I I hope that somebody hears this and is inspired to ask for a raise to start advocating for perks. I feel like people get rigid about the money part of their jobs when there are things you could ask for that don't cost your employer anything absolutely are meaningful to you 
and potentially even financially meaningful to you. Yes, absolutely. I actually just wrote a story that I turned in on Saturday, which I hate to admit because I was working on the weekend, which I usually don't, but it's entirely about how managers can retain top performers. And that was the, that was exactly what you just said was a quote basically from one of my, my, um, my sources, which was about like, talk to your manager about like, cause I'm sure every single person who's listening to this is a top performer. Like you're all rock stars, like talk to your manager about the stuff that is bothering you. And even if it's, if it's comp, that's okay too. like, talk to them about that. Like that's, yeah, I think advocating for yourself, it's so scary because I think that we think that people are going to like tear something from underneath us when the truth is, is they actually need us. Like, I think that's like, they actually, it will be a problem for them if, you know, if they don't have us in whatever capacity it is. And so, yeah. Yeah. I always think we have more power, especially collective power than we think we do, especially at work. Yes. And that I have, I have somebody in my life who, I mean, had a job offer as leverage, like had a job offer that they didn't end up taking, ended up staying where they are, but negotiated not for more money, but for a bunch of other things. Nice. Yes. That, and including two weeks of planning time, like the first two weeks of the year, I don't want to do anything except plan and breathe and brainstorm and think about what I'm doing. Yes. And I don't think you don't need a job offer. Like you're saying, you have leverage as a top performer, as a worker, as in somebody who is important to your company to ask for shit like that. Yes. Yes. And no one's going to tell you that. We're telling you that. Mm-hmm. Karen and Katie are telling you that. I know I'm speaking in third person, which is annoying. But the point is, <laughs> is that take it from us, people. Like it matters. Like, And it's also like when something doesn't feel right, it's not right. I mean, like going back Mm -hmm. to what you're talking about over the weekend, and I'm so happy that you were able to, you know, be successful in the request for this test and that this person finally just said yes, because that's just absolute bullshit for them to say anything else that doesn't align with your intuition. I also want to say, like, I have a good friend who is a breast cancer survivor and she, her story is insane, but like, Basically, she woke up one day and she knew she it was like this level of intuition that she was like, something's wrong with my body. And she had a, a several different tests done and nothing showed anything. And she was like, no, you need to do something more invasive. I need a biopsy. And they were like, it's not, you know, your insurance isn't going to cover. Like It was like this whole runaround and she forced it. She actually ended up having to fly. She lives in Michigan. She had to fly down to New Orleans to this breast cancer center. That's like one of the top in the country. And they found something and she had the BRCA gene. She has the BRCA gene and she ended up getting a double mastectomy and it saved her life. And like now these doctors, and I'm not trying to smash the medical community. I'm truly not. I know my dad's listening, but like, I also feel like you have to advocate for yourself. Like I think about my mom and my grandmother. Holy shit. My grandma had so many, I mean, she lived until she was 98, but I guarantee that five of those years would not have happened if it weren't for my mom advocating for her a hundred percent. I would put money on it because it's like the level of like different types of medication, how they mix together, how my grandma felt, how like different tests that she had to go in for. Like my mom was her nurse and it was like, it was, I mean, guaranteed she would not have lived that long if it weren't for my mom. Mm. And it's just like, that is, 
it's like, I remember having conversations with my mom about like her getting frustrated at the medical system for saying like, no, we can't run this test. Or this test is like, you know, only done on Tuesdays or whatever. Like, it's like, it's just, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who have similar situations as what you're talking about. I think that it's very relatable, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And that if you are a woman, if you are female presenting, if you are a person of color, if you are queer or non-binary or trans or any number of marginalized communities, this is all compounded a million times of people being dismissive of your symptoms, people thinking you're, what is it? Medication seeking, drug seeking, of people minimizing what you're saying, of gaslighting you and making you second guess yourself. Like you're in excruciating pain or you know that something's wrong. You have this person with a bunch of letters after their name saying like, mm, no, actually you're fine. Yep. And it's so shitty and they're wrong almost all of the fucking time. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's like, it's designed like this type of dynamic, if it's medical, if it's a work situation or whatever it is, is designed to make you second guess yourself. If you're second guessing yourself, it's working. Like, it's right. like, that is by design. Like, it's like, so think about it. If you're second guessing yourself, that is a, that is a light bulb right there. Like, like, wait, 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 wait. Like, what if, what if everyone just believed me all the time and believed me of like what I was feeling and what I was thinking and validated my experience? Like I wouldn't have a second guess experience. And like that second guessing is a problem right there. Like that, is that, that makes sense. Yes. I love that. I love that because I, like I, we, like we were saying, there is this decision point that happens. And I do think the second guessing can be the thing, the trigger that makes you stop and say, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to push for this thing. And I have a similar story. I also have a friend who has gone through several friends, unfortunately, who have gone through breast cancer. But I remember she has a son, had a very difficult birth. And I think it was an emergency C-section situation. Yeah. And, you know, you suddenly go from like a relatively intimate conversation with one doctor and maybe one nurse to a bunch of people running into a room. Yeah. Right. And I will never forget her talking about saying out loud, hi, excuse me. Can somebody explain to me what's happening? I'm getting really anxious. I need somebody to tell me what's going on here. And she said it completely changed the tenor and the mood in the room. Really? Like it was like suddenly, yes. Like suddenly people realized, oh, there is a human being <laughs> giving birth in this room, not just like a slab of meat on the table who actually is awake, awake and aware of what's happening. Someone should probably talk to her. Seriously. Human being. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good for her. Damn. I know. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. What an example. I mean, seriously, like that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, but to have the wherewithal in that situation, I mean, seriously, to be panicking, right? To like not just have it go on in her head, but to like vocalize it, like, hey, yeah, totally. And also to have the wherewithal to know, like, she probably in that moment, I mean, I, I wonder if, if she thought this, but like, she might have thought, oh, someone's going to get mad at me if I say something or something. She did it yeah. anyway. And I think that's the thing, at least in my experience, if I want to speak up, I'm afraid of the retaliation. Like I am. I'm afraid of like people not agreeing with me or people being like, what the hell are you talking about? Or like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't have seven letters after your name. Like you don't have like, you know, all of that shit. It's like, 
I I think that's that level of conflict is really hard on me. And so it's like to to leapfrog over that and to love myself more than hating the potential conflict. That is just it's hard. I mean, that takes an enormous amount of strength. Like, God, that's amazing for her. Oh, I love that. I love the way you put that. And I think it's really also another reason why it's important if you can take someone with you. Yes. Because often we end up doing it for ourselves, exactly like you said about loving yourself more. Take somebody who also loves you more. Yes. Yes. Than the conflict. Like if you have any doubts about your ability to do it, or you might be unconscious at the time, like, right? I mean, it is proven if you, people whose families come visit, people who have people with them get treated better in medical settings. Really? Period. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that you get better. The nurses are more attentive. All of it. You get just better treatment if you have people coming to see you and people with you. Wow. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. Oh my God, this I is, I mean, talk about fired up. I feel fucking fired <laughs> up right now. Right? But the beauty of the mini pod, it's a constant, y'all, you get a concentrated burst of emotion from us, y'all. And then yes. now we're out. And we're out. Yes, exactly. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we hope this resonated with you and uh, we'd love to hear from you if it did. And if it didn't, that's okay. Um, but it's been really nice talking about this. So we will see you all next week. 